Bidzy Small Business Society number 57. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Today on Bidzy Small Business Society, I am joined by Larry Broughton. Larry is an award-winning entrepreneur and CEO, best-selling author, and keynote speaker. He is the founder of Ugozi.com, which is an online learning forum for leaders and high achievers. Larry is also the founder and CEO of Broughton Hotels. If Larry's vast life experience and education are not enough to show you that he is a great inspirational leader and the best hotelier in the business, this former Green Beret and current black belt may just find another way to convince you otherwise. (laughs) Larry, so happy you could join us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your business. Rob, thank you so much. That was actually an awesome <laughs> intro. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I may have to twist your arm a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that was pretty darn good because, uh, you know, I've got a pretty diverse background. Um, you know, I grew up in rural New York, uh, south of Buffalo, um, real small kind of cow country, apple orchards type of thing. Um, you know, on the outside looked kind of bucolic and, um, you know, looked like everything was sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, but there was always something inside me that wanted to go out and spread my wings and try something better. You know, sometimes we have that earning or that yearning, that kind of urge on our inside when we're young, like, Hey, there's something bigger and better for me out there. And I was one of those kids. And so, um, you know, I, I uh, had an opportunity to come out to California in the early 80s to a martial arts tournament with my twin brother. And it was like, oh, my gosh. There was, I realized there was a whole other world out there beyond uh, rural uh, New York. And, um, and so I went out and started traveling. I said, hey, one day I'm going to get out of here and travel the world. Well, an opportunity came up to, uh, to go into the military. And um, I won't bore you with all the details, but I ended up trying out for special forces in the U.S. Army, you know, that's the the U.S. Army's elite uh, unconventional warfare unit and did great things there and traveled around and saw, was introduced to politics and foreign policy and all that kind of stuff and thought, wow, that's really interesting. 
maybe that's something I want to do. Maybe I want to get into the U.S. State Department, or maybe I want to run for political office one day. And so I, I got out of the military with the intention of going to school for that. But my first job out was as a, a night auditor at a little no-tell motel in San Francisco. And um, I ended up making the hospitality industry my career. And so it was kind of an eye-opening experience. Um, and I just started connecting the dots over the past few years. And people have wanted to hear my story. And so I started doing keynote speeches and writing books and doing some TV stuff. And, and so it's just been an amazing journey. It's just been fun. I've got a couple of uh, amazing kids. I've got a 14-year-old daughter, which blows my mind with everything that goes along with a teenage daughter <laughs> and a 12-year-old son. And uh, that's kind of my life. Uh, right now. Quite the wild ride. So yeah. you launched Broughton Hotels in January of 2001. <laughs> How did you get your start? Well, if you guys think back to the world economy in 2001, it was not the smart oh, time. Oh, yeah. And I want to, to be... <laughs> I want to talk about what happened a few months after that. But how did you actually get the start? Well, listen, as, as I said, my first job out of the military was at a, as a little no-tell motel in San Francisco. And after being there for a few months, kind of going to school, grinding it out, making $5 an hour. Uh, barely making ends meet, literally, actually not making ends meet, uh, going into debt. Um, an investment group came in to buy that little motel to convert it into what was one of the country's first boutique hotels. And um, because of my attitude of kind of showing up like it matters and helping out, even if it's outside my job description, um, I was kept on and promoted and uh, became a partner in this young hotel company. In about a 14-year period, we picked up 14 hotels in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, it was the first time that I recognized how to actually build wealth. And I recognized it wasn't going to be me being an employee of somebody. It was going to be me by having equity and businesses. I mean, if you really want to create wealth in North America, it comes down to actually business ownership. Um, and, uh, and so I had that opportunity. But then I realized after a while that... Um, I, I, you know, the way I'm built, I'm built as what I call a primary leader, but I was stuck in a secondary leadership role. And so if I was going to really step into my fullest potential, I was going to take a risk. And so I stepped out and started my own company, as you said, in 2001, down in Southern California, where my then uh, wife was from. And, um, and I, you know, I was one of those guys who, hey, I had all this success in the past and how hard can it be? <laughs> I'll go out and I'll have success all over again. But the timing really sucked. Because we were just, you know, we were just going into a national and then ultimately global recession. Um, there was a dot-com bomb in the U.S. that trickled all over the world, right? Um, yeah. And then if that wasn't bad enough, you know, I was barely making payroll. I had, was building a hotel in Santa Barbara. We were renovating a ho new hotel out in uh, the Palm Springs area. And then the tragic events of 9-11 uh, hit. And that really knocked the... Uh, uh, the U.S. economy to its knees and the travel industry just to its absolute halt, um, and um, and so it was a it was a rough start. It was a real rough start. So we want to talk about some of your challenges a little bit later, but specifically, what were the effects of nine eleven on your business? Well, you know, you would think that. Um, an early startup, it would have knocked us out of the running of going anywhere. In fact, I know a lot of organizations that were much older, more stable, more financially secure than I was, um, and they were actually put out of business. Well, here's a lesson for, I think, our listeners here today is that you, you've got to pursue excellence in everything that you do. And we were doing that. Um, 
and I didn't go dark. That's another thing that happens when the when the economy takes a dump. Then oftentimes the CEOs, the owners, whatever, they go dark and they stop communicating to their clients. They stop communicating with their investors and their lenders, and you can't do that. You actually have to force yourself to to get out of your hibernative hibernation state stop isolating and actually reach out to people. And so I did that because honestly, to be totally transparent here, if you don't mind, you know, during the downturn that year, um, I had a, my daughter was 16 or six months old at that point, six months old. And, um, you know, I was panicking, you know, I was doing, you know, nefarious stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, you know, nothing illegal. Um, but you know, I was, you know, in, in kind of self-destruct mode because I wasn't communicating with people, um, and that, that happens when we isolate, you know, you start to, uh, get self-destructive, even if it, you know, you don't even recognize it, people around you recognize it. So my, my wife, um, did, I think a pretty wise thing in order to jar me out of it. She took my eight or my six month old baby and moved out. And so when you get your stuff together, when you actually start doing what you're supposed to do, and that is reach out to people, practice what you preach by surrounding yourself with people who are bolder and brighter than you are, then give me a call. But until then, you know, you're putting your family at risk. And that was such a wake-up call. And so I, you know, I uh, basically had a kind of a, a spiritual awakening at that point. And um, I picked up the phone and actually started, call, started calling people that I knew were a lot smarter than I was and did something that was very difficult for me. And that was I asked for help. And I think that most people that are in pursuit of, you know, high achievement or success, um, they don't do that. We're so prideful. We're afraid to admit that we don't know what's going on. And so I did that. And I joined a mastermind group. Uh, I hired a mentor. And um, because of those things in the downturn, the worst time of the, the economy, um, I was able to turn things around. And um, we started actually acquiring properties while other people were folding up uh, their doors, closing shop. We grew during that time because I was humble. So, Larry, you're opening up a lot of different avenues here for us to talk about. And I want to get into some of this stuff later, some more of those challenges, because a lot has happened in America in the past 15 years, not just in 2001, but later, 2008, 2009. You're talking about mentors and coaches and how important that is. But let's talk more about this. So you said earlier, you've got over a dozen properties in your portfolio. What is the most exciting part of being a hotelier? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, the great thing about the hotel industry is almost a microcosm of society. You know, we're running almost like small little communities at each of these uh, properties. And um, my answer might not be exactly what, what it is that uh, you're expecting. What, Because, you know, we are serving guests. Um, we're creating experiences for people. Um, you know, it's it's an opportunity to actually from business ownership to actually make some money and um, create wealth for my, for me, my family, for our team members. The thing that's been the most rewarding though, is seeing people come to our organization and grow and flourish and actually change what I call multi-generational chains of poverty that a lot of us experience. Um, and so we offer our team members opportunity. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm at one of our hotels now up here in Studio City, California, called the Sportsman's Lodge. And I was talking to one of our team members, you know, just 15 minutes ago, who immigrated here from Poland, barely spoke English, 
Um, she came to work for us as a night supervisor, which means basically she was hired to keep the peace around here uh, at night. But she's been promoted time and time again uh, to the point now where she's payroll manager um, because she has a spirit of service about her. She just wants to help people. And I want to encourage people, if you're trying to grow in life, I don't care how good your skill set is. I don't care how much education you have. If you're not motivated, if you're not full of inte- <clears throat> excuse me, integrity, have the capacity to grow and learn and serve other people, you're going to hit a plateau. And Dagmara, the team member I was talking to, is one of those people who just continues to grow and um, realize both personal and professional growth. And that's what I find most rewarding about, uh, about the hospitality industry as, uh, as we grow. So you want to create that great experience for your customers, but it sounds like you really want to create that great experience inside of your organization Darn. for your employees, well, right? That is such a great point. We you can't create you cannot you, you just can't you can't create a great experience for your customers. We try to call them clients sure. around here, sure, because or guests because customers to me are transactional, clients are relational. You can't create a great fiercely loyal um, following of customers and clients if you don't have a fiercely loyal following of team members. So here's where people get wrong. You, you hear it over and over again. The customer is never wrong. You're, yeah, I, I, I get that. Yes, we have to focus on the bottom line. But if we're not taking care of our team members, they are not in turn going to turn around and take care of our clients, right? And so we have to treat our team members with dignity, with respect. We have to be authentic with them. We have to allow them to be authentic. We have to allow them to make mistakes. And when you do that, then they become fiercely loyal to you. And then they, when they understand that their, their performance has a direct impact on the success of the organization, then they look at themselves differently. Not at like what they do, but who they are. That's the challenge, I think, for leaders, is to help people identify who they are, not necessarily what they do. So, Larry, let's go back to some of your challenges. Let's talk about 2008 sure. and into 2010. How did your company continue to grow in the face of all of the economic adversity that was happening? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I can't point to just one thing, but I think um, one of the things was staying true to who we are, staying true to our core values. Anyone can can post a bunch of core values on a wall and stick to them when the going is good. It's who are you when the going is tough, right? Um, because I can tell you in 2001, if I could jump back to that uh, for a second, I, I identified who our, our ideal client avatar was. I knew who I wanted to be in business relationships with. I knew what investors I wanted. But in all honesty, when things started going south, I started doing business deals with people I never would have during the good times. And it came back to bite me. Because there were difficult relationships, there were some unquestionable things that were going on with this with the, a particular uh, owner and investment group, and I just couldn't sleep at night. And so I came in um, one day. I, I don't remember the exact year. Let's say it's probably around two thousand four or five. Um, so I went into the executive team and said, "Listen, either we're going to walk the walk or just talk the talk." So I think we need to fire these clients. I could tell you it was like a cheer went up. People were so happy that we did that, but that was risky because these two clients made up two-thirds of our revenue to the entire company. So we fired them, but you know what happened? Just It's like the sky opened up with all kinds of um, clients and business opportunities after that. And so what I learned during the 2008 and 2009 downturn is stay true to your core values. 
but pursue excellence in everything that you do. Let your team members know that you care and love them. Honestly, take care of them. And it's not, I think when leaders expect our team members to serve us, then that is a, that's short-term, um, I don't know, it, it really is not going to lead to long-term success. But I remember being in Boy Scouts when I was a, a kid and the Scoutmaster telling us growing leaders, leaders eat last. And that just kind of sunk in for me. Like, oh my gosh, leaders eat last. That means that we have to serve other people. We have to make sure that their needs are met before our own needs are met. And so during the downturn, I made sure that our team members' needs were met before my own needs were met. I made sure that our investors' needs were met before my own financial needs were met. And because of that, we had people who are willing to walk across proverbial fire for us. And it sounds like some of the adversity you faced in 2001 really acted as a blueprint nearly a decade later, right? Absolutely. Listen, you know, there's a saying, I'll probably butcher this, but if we don't (laughs) understand history, we're bound to repeat it, right? And so I'm just, I'm definitely a um, student of business. And so I'm always looking at what, of course, what are we doing right? I want to know that. But I really study what are we doing wrong? And how, do, how am I going to respond to that? In the mil- so I was in the military for several years. You mentioned I was in the Green Berets. Uh, there are a couple of things I think that we do in our organization, and that a lot of veteran business people do, that a lot of non-vets don't do. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, who's a business owner or a leader, to do these things. One is called an AAR, an after-action review. So after any kind of economic downturn, um, after any uh, marketing plan or product is launched, after any significant hire is made in our organization, after anyone is actually, you know, cut loose or terminated from our organization, we do an AAR. And that is this, just three things. What do we do right? What do we do wrong? And how can we improve, improve the next time? Okay? So if you do those three things, what I do right, what I do wrong, and how can I improve? You're going to learn a whole lot, but most of us go through life, we're such passive participants in our life <laughs> that, that we never stop and actually study what's going on in our lives, right? And then the other thing that a lot of vets do and we do is we have contingency plans. They're basically if-then scenarios. So, you know, you can do a marketing plan or a business plan or a product launch, but you know what? When the rounds start coming down range, as we say in the military, you know, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Those great plans that you had are going to change. And so you have to have contingency plans. And they're basically if-then scenarios. If this happens, we're going to respond this way. That way, when your plan does go kind of hell in a handbasket, you don't have to go back to your home office and regroup and work six months on coming up with a a new plan. You've already developed it. And so you can respond more quickly to um, changing market conditions, um, you know, new competitors coming into the market, um, you know, your executive team going to work for somebody else. If you already got these contingency plans, you can respond much more quickly. Because sometimes in business and in life, it's the first person out there who's the winner. Sure. And things aren't always going to go as planned. So They're never going to go as planned. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> what is the best part of owning Broughton Hotels and Ugozi.com? What rewards do you take away from being an entrepreneur? All right. So... For me personally, um, it's freedom. There are so many things that have happened in my life that if I had been an employee of someone else, um, I wouldn't have the opportunities. And that is in the good and the bad times. You know, I had a really bad experience happen a few years ago that I was ab- I was absolutely able to take time off, adjust my schedule so that I could, you know, figure this stuff out. Um, but really, it comes back to the 
or the personal development that I see with our team members that really gives me the biggest thrill. Um, when I see uh, leaders and high achievers go to yougozi.com, and I was just online looking at the messages and comments from people uh, just before we get on the call here, from people who are saying, oh my gosh, my life has been transformed uh, from the stuff that I hear, the inspirational messages and the, the, the tips and tools I'm learning at Yougozi. Uh, thank you so much. You know, that maybe I'm codependent, I don't know, <laughs> but I, guess I feel so much reward and I, I, I just feel like I am um, right where I'm supposed to be teaching, mentoring, serving other people when I'm sharing the lessons that I've learned. Because frankly, these weren't these tools weren't here when I was a young leader. I had to figure it out on my own. I didn't have kind of like this manual uh, to turn to. But obviously with the internet, with social media, there is no excuse why we're not becoming better versions of ourselves uh, today. It's not like, you know, we don't have access to this stuff in, in uh, North America. Larry, you talk about word of mouth being an extremely important part of your marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. So you strive to create that amazing experience that you want people to tell their family and friends about. But yeah. what else are you doing to find new clients and new guests? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, there's the basic blocking and tackling that every sales and marketing team needs to be doing, and that is um, knocking on doors. There's nothing. What we're trying to do is build relationships. I had mentioned earlier that customers are transactional and clients are relational. Yep. Listen, if all you're trying to do is get that one sale, that is not going to build enduring success because you got to keep going out and doing sale after sale after sale. But what if you could get two sales out of that one person or business because you've actually built a relationship? What if you could get them to spend 10% more than they would have had you not been in a relationship? Um, and so... How are we getting more clients uh, and customers and guests? It's multi-pronged. One is we do the basic blocking and tackling. Um, the other thing is, yes, we do the social media. But here's something I think that uh, too many business owners and leaders forget about. We do a lot of PR. Listen, everybody looks at a print ad with a level of skepticism. Don't you think about those pop-up ads or those banner ads or those sidebar ads that come up on the Internet. Those are paid for. Right. But when you when someone sees an article about you online in an online magazine or they see you in print, actually somebody's writing about you, it's called social proof. Yes. Um, you got to get the social proof of people writing great testimonies for you on TripAdvisor and Yelp and all those kind of things. But every industry has some kind of online review forum nowadays. Um, and so we find that we get more business through uh PR, articles written about us, and not just, by the way, not just in travel magazines, but we try to spin, and I'm using that word intentionally, we try to spin stories and packages so that we're written about in lifestyle and business magazines as well. So I'd ask your listeners, okay, what am I doing that I can, uh, in my specific, maybe, I'm, maybe I have a quilting company, okay, and I, my company makes quilts. Well, what can I do to get Men's Health magazine to write about my quilts, or what can I get a hospitality magazine to do to write about my quilts? That way you can really build a broad base uh, of business. And it's much, listen, I believe, definitely believe in getting rich in a niche. <laughs> but you also have to make sure that people are talking about you. So now let's talk about this. We touched on it a little bit before, but why is a coach or a mentor so important in business? 
Oh my gosh, no one will reach any kind of moniker of success or frankly significance. And I think significance is more important than success. I would encourage people, frankly, stop seeking success. That might be a little foreign to people, but I I just promise you, stop seeking success. If you live a life of significance, success is the byproduct. And coaches and mentors can help you do that because they're further down the path than you are. A good coach will be the the person who will kick you in the pants when you need it. They will inspire and motivate you when you need it. And hopefully they'll be the, the person who holds up the mirror to you because the truth is reality is our friend. We may not like it, but someone needs to speak the truth to us in love. And good coaches and mentors will do that. They'll help us work on our skills. A good coach or mentor also will help you recognize your strengths. Because our inherent strengths are more important to success and significance than skills. I hope people catch that. The inherent strengths that we have just as people are more important than skills. We can learn skills. Skills can be taught. But how you inherently show up in life are inherent strengths that are identified through Gallup Strength Finders 2.0 or through the Colby A Index. Um, those are things that really identify um, great leadership great communicators, uh, and just great people. So I think, yeah, you know, a coach will be a new set of eyes, a new set of ears that are going to hold us accountable. But at the same time, I really think that a lot of us might be scared or fear that success or, like you say, that significance. So we need somebody to really point out, uh, you know, all the great things, all the great qualities that we have and all the great things that we bring to the table, right? Well, right, because oftentimes if it comes easy to us, we don't think there's value in it. And a good coach will help you recognize that, right? Um, Now, the accountability thing, I think a good coach or mentor will teach us accountability, but you're not going to recognize, not you personally, but you as as mankind are not going to realize our truest potential until we can hold ourselves accountable. You know, like it's, it's it's a... Coach, really going to make sure that you're out there, you know, living a clean life and doing healthy stuff. We could fake it oftentimes. And I did, honestly, early on in my career, I used to fake it to my coach. I used to fudge numbers for my coach because I didn't want to be. Yeah, and it's just not going to mean the same thing to them as it does to you. Exactly. But until we still start getting honest with ourselves and hold ourselves accountable, then that's when you see real transformation. The great thing about a coach is if people are looking for coaches, before I say that, I realize, so I've got young kids I'd mentioned. I remember uh, my daughter coming home when she was in first grade and talking about the fourth graders, how awesome they were. And I thought, well, that's kind of cute. And then it really hit me, though, when my son, when he hit first grade, I realized that fourth graders look like gods to first graders, right? And so the thing about a coach, you just need to have somebody who's further down the path than you are. That You don't need to hire Richard Branson. You know, you don't need to hire the, you know, Top coach. Yeah, I think you should hire the best coach you can afford. No doubt about it because, you know, what is what is the lifetime value of one good idea that a coach or a mentor might give you? But the difference, or this is where the personal accountability comes into point. You can have a coach or mentor who's giving you great ideas that you've never heard of before. But if you don't have the discipline to actually listen and apply those lessons that they're, that they're imposing on you or imparting on you, then, then you're just wasting your time and money, Right. So we have to hold ourselves accountable ultimately. We have to be coachable. But oftentimes what I, what I hear over and over again is, I already know that. 
we have to shift our mindset from saying, hey, I already know that. Because think about this. If a significant other, if you guys are kind of in a heated battle, you're arguing about something, and your significant other puts their hand up and says, I already know that, what are they telling you? They're telling you they've already shut down. They're not listening. They're, they're de devaluing your kind of your, your input. But if you instead say, hey, thanks for the reminder, it immediately opens up your mind to learning. And you're, ready, you're willing to listen, right? And so I think even if you hire a coach and um, they're giving you great stuff, you need to stop saying, hey, I already know that, but say, hey, thanks for the reminder. That will set you up for success. So you can hire a coach, but be coachable is what Larry is saying. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see it all the time. Okay, we'll finish up after we've had a chance to thank our sponsors. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast? Do you lack the technical know-how to create your own podcast? Not enough time in your day to produce great podcasts? You need podcastrepairman.com. You record, save, and send. That's it. Podcast Repairman takes care of the rest. From editing so that you sound your absolute best, to producing, which includes a custom intro and outro, to uploading to a host, and finally publishing your podcast to iTunes, Stitcher, and the rest. No matter what you need, the Podcast Repairman is here to help. Visit podcastrepairman.com, include the word Bidzy, B-I-D-S-Y, in your message and save the $295 setup fee. Are you tired of tedious internet searches trying to find a service provider to complete your projects? Are you sick of scrambling on the phone trying to connect with someone who is willing to meet with you to work on your projects? Try Bidzy. Go to bidzy.com, sign up, choose a category, and enter a few details about what you need done. It's free to post projects in any category. Connect with local professionals in such categories as bathroom and kitchen renovation, real estate professional, graphic design, flooring, gym membership, tire sales and service, carpet cleaning, and many, many more. You're notified each time a local professional submits a bid on your project. Choose the bid you like best, and now you've found a local professional to complete your project. Use our rating system to give feedback about the business. Post your projects, sit back, and let local professionals come to you. Sign up and post projects for free at bidzy.com. We've arrived at a point in the show where we just ask a few lighter questions so we can get to know a little bit more about your personal interests. Are you ready? Uh, I hope so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what type of cell phone do you use? Uh, iPhone 6S, I guess it is. What type of car do you drive? <laughs> a Ford F-150 truck, red. And besides one of your hotels, do you have a favorite vacation spot? Bali, Indonesia. Oh my gosh, it's it's a spectacular spot. Do you have a favorite food? Uh, food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love sushi. I love Thai. Um, I could eat sushi every day. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, I said I could eat a double cheeseburger, large fry and iced tea every day, but uh, I'm at the age where I can't do that any longer. Yeah, metabolism sushi. slows down a little bit, I guess, right? That's right. Uh, are you currently reading a specific book? I am. You know, um, every couple of years I reread uh, The Shack, um, but right now I'm reading The Brand Gap, and I'm sorry I don't remember the uh, the author's name, but The Brand Gap. And besides our show here, Larry, do you have a favorite podcast? 
Um, you know, I listen to so many, and there are some go-tos um, that uh, I'm constantly listening to. Uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, I think, is doing great things right right now. Um, Onward Nation is another one. I, you know, anything that has to do with leadership, uh, I'm, I'm listening to. Sure, I'm listening to Stevens and John's show myself, yeah. Now, do you love to win or hate to lose, and why? Um, well... That is a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um, I don't know. I, I think I hate to lose. Um, I don't know. Man, that's a great one. Why do I hate to lose, though? Because oftentimes it means that I could have uh, performed better. It's prob- if, I, if I lose, it usually means that um, I've made some mistakes that I could have corrected. You know, you can win against someone that is, um, I guess, I'm thinking like sports, even I guess in, in business, you can win against someone who just wasn't a great uh, competitor, for instance. You know, I can win against someone who is, uh, um, you know, not as uh, experienced or not as well-funded, but losing is usually on me. Larry, what is the one thing you would say to an aspiring entrepreneur about succeeding in the world of business? All right, so I touched on it earlier, stop seeking success. Really pursue significance in everything that you do. How do you become a more significant uh, uh, husband, uh, wife, son, daughter, father, mother? How do we become a more significant player in my community or my place of worship or in my business? Um, and the, one of the easiest ways to do that is just to be real, be authentic. Stop pretending that you're somebody else. That plagued me for the first several years that I was in business. I was trying to be somebody else, and it just wasn't authentic. And so then people have a more difficult time connecting with you. As a leader and a high achiever, you must build relationships with people. And you're not going to build a relationship with somebody if you're not being authentic, if you're not being real. Love that. Be yourself and be a person of significance. Larry, what does the future look like for Broughton Hotels and Ugozi.com? Well, uh, we've got a pretty aggressive, big, hairy, audacious goal on the uh, the hotel side. Um, I expect that we're going to pick up about uh, one hotel a month over the next um, couple of years. It's pretty aggressive, I know. Um, but uh, that's our plan, and we're kind of on pace uh, to do that. And um, we'll be offering great opportunities to people. We love to grow from within, and so I'm excited to see people uh, step up to the challenge of, of growth there. For Ugozi.com, uh, we're about to launch a new product uh, through Ugozi. So it's Ugozi.com, Y-O-O-G-O-Z-I.com. And it's called Rocket Your Startup, and it's to help uh, – um, budding entrepreneurs, newbie entrepreneurs actually launch their business because I've been coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs for a long time at this point, uh, a couple of decades, and realizing that there are a lot of people uh, who just don't know how to start. They've got a great idea, but they just, they're either afraid to ask or they just don't know. Um, and so I have mastermind programs um, that I run, but some people can't afford the mastermind programs. And so it's a 12-module a program that we'll, that we'll be launching in June, and I'm pretty excited about that um, so that it's you know a little bit more, um, I don't know, approachable uh, for a lot of people. And frankly, I see a lot of businesses that are in business for five years, and they haven't done the, the, the basics to actually set their business up for, for long-term success. And so Rocket Your Startup is uh, right around the corner. So again, I think you're really speaking to the importance of that coaching and that mentorship. So Larry, last question we have, how can people find you or maybe even book a room at one of your hotels? 
Yeah, so um, I had somebody tell me the other day, you are flipping everywhere. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you can Google me, um, but I'm on, you know, uh, Twitter at Larry Broughton. I'm on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, and Instagram. So you can kind of follow me there. Um, you can go to BroughtonHotels.com, B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Hotels.com uh, to book a room. You could go to Yugoji.com for bite-sized nuggets of learning for leaders and high achievers. Um, and uh, that's, those are probably the easiest ways to, to track me down. Larry, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. My pleasure. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, sign up for your 30-day free trial at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 